Okay, good morning. Uh, welcome back. Today is uh, Thursday, December 24th, here in Taiwan. Christmas Eve day. And uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year to whoever appreciates those things. I think I'm not religious, but I think Christmas is lovely. Uh, and the commercialism is not, but um, I can overlook it. It's not that it doesn't bother me. There's a certain spirit to the season that I like. In any case, today, <clears throat> I'm going to continue reading from Voice of the Self by M.P. Pandit, the Chittikash Gita of Nityananda. Uh, we're in the middle of page 56, and what I'd like to do is uh, read 56 through 60, and then circle back to do commentary on the verses um, from middle of page 56 on the PDF. So... Uh, starting towards the second half of the page, page 56 on the PDF. Nityananda said, The gross idea is mental. The subtle idea is of the Atman. The Yanin is always in Yogi's sleep. He is in this sleep whether he walks or sits. The Yanin, meaning the fully realized being, is like a tortoise. The tortoise projects its hands and legs when necessary at other times, they are withdrawn into the shell. Next. Whether it is the mail train or the local, the driving power is the same. Only the timings are different, meaning the speed and the schedule of the two trains. The sannyasi is like the mail train. Sannyasi is he who keeps the world within himself. One who lodges his powers outside in the world is like the local train. To get into the train is difficult. Once you get into it, there is no difficulty. There is no anxiety about the luggage. When you purchase a thing from the train, all attention is on the train. Similarly, first is discrimination, second, sound. Whatever you do, the attention should be in the head. Seeing, hearing, talking are not action in themselves. Breathing through the nose is verily, truly action. Good action, quote, quote, good action is the downward course. It's a little hard to understand. Next, muna, which comes from the root muni, which I'll get into later. Muna, silence, is of the mind, not of the tongue. Whatever is done uniting the buddhi and yana is no action, like wu wei. Muna is the native place of the mind, not of the tongue. Sadhana is done by Muna, silence. He is a yogi who can unite in one both buddhi and yana, one who can place the mind in the buddhi, the mind meaning the manasic function, in the buddhi, and the buddhi above the mind or manas is a yogi. The discipline of Muna is really the sushumna nadi, which is the junction of the Ida and Pingala, the two central, the two main nadis, energy lines up the back, spine. Of the nadis, three are the chief, Ida, Pingala, and Sushumna. Sushumna is the seat of the Kundalini. <clears throat> of all truths, this is next, of all truths, the basic truth is the truth, Tattva of Brahman. Brahma Tattva means Jivan Mukti. The river must be seen at its source, not after it merges into the sea. See 
the mother root of a tree, meaning look at. All trees have mother root. Likewise, all have only one God. To regard all things in an equal vision is mukti, liberation. Next, a big drama is first rehearsed behind the curtain and then shown to the public. Similarly, yoga sadhana is practiced in secret, and as it gets established, it reveals itself. One does not get the experience at the very beginning of a practice. It comes by and by as the practice progresses. Next, top of page 58. Hunger is not satisfied by the mere smell of the cooked food. One has to eat it. So is experience. So is fulfillment. There can be no contradiction to self-experience. Sugar in the palm tastes sweet only when it is inserted in the mouth. This is personal experience. Book knowledge can be contradicted, but personal knowledge cannot be. It is like the order of the king to the subjects. The king's command is self-experience, meaning one's own. The subjects are the book knowledge, Jivan Mukti, Swarajya, self-rulership or self-king, are the yoga king, Yogaraj. Yogaraj, yoga king, yoga ruler, is fulfillment. Fulfillment is the dweller in the cave. The cave is the bodily buddhi, and to dwell in this cave of buddhi is to attain fulfillment. The cave of Jivatman is the third eye, sixth chakra. The heart sky, Hridayakash, is the cave. By ideation, meaning mental process, monosic, by ideation, the woman becomes man and a man becomes woman. The distinction is only for outer action. The subtle thought, activity within, uh, kinda buddhi, is the same. This is, o- this is the only difference in the outer limbs. Without subtle thought, man becomes a woman. If buddhi and yana are one, woman becomes man. Whether it is opened by man or by woman, water flows from the pump. To bhakti there is no distinction. Female and male are just two states. To the yanin there is not this distinction. Both in man and woman there is only one Shiva Shakti. Next, for one without desire there is no fear. For him without fear there is always happiness. He is great whose thinking is great. Money and lands do not make one great. A little money and a little hillock do not make anyone great. Even a cobbler, if his thoughts are high, is great. He alone is a Brahmin who has subtle discrimination of thought, akin to buddhi. No one is great because of a big house, wealth, diamond, necklace, earrings, ring, on finger. One becomes great because of his thinking. <clears throat> one who is big materially is not great. Plenty of gold does not bring greatness. Brahma vidya, meaning Brahma knowledge, is the highest. Karma does not leave you until you realize the secret. The secret of uh, Brahma vidya. <coughs> Next, <clears throat> beggar, burn up the delusion of the mind in the fire of yoga, yoga agni. Without realization of Brahman, it is not possible to know the pristine state. The true bliss is not. The sense of honor and respect do not go. Preserve the ananda, bliss. Bundle up desire in its abode. The mind, meaning manasic, 
desire is sapless. Give it up within yourself. When next, when the jiva leads and joins the Shiva Shakti within, to the Brahmarandra, meaning crown chakra, there ensues a spontaneous mukti, liberation, the indivisible mukti. <clears throat> In this indivisible mukti lies Brahmananda, the bliss of Brahma. Laud or praise Shiva. In the beginning there is Shiva. In the beginning the Shiva Shakti alone is. The supreme protector is Sadananda, eternal bliss. The protector of desirelessness is Sadananda. This may be Sada, may be related to Sadhana or practice. O desireless one, devoid of gunas, the, the uh, universal elemental qualities. O desireless one, devoid of gunas, endowed with happy qualities, self-ruler, Swaraja, king of Jivan Mukti, look into yourself. The true form is the human form. Man is the highest of all. There is none superior to him in the universe. It is man who has created all the countries. And man doesn't mean your personality or male gender. He is a Brahmin who has attained the real Brahmananda, Brahma bliss. Your Maya is not permanent. O Hari, burn up this identification with the body. Without mind, there is no Maya. Maya is ignorance. He is not the Lord. The Lord is Shiva. All in the world know that there is butter in milk. The milk is to be heated and butter taken out. But few there are that take it out. Milk is bhakti. Heating on fire is discrimination in thought. The vessel for discrimination is buddhi. The fire of discrimination in the vessel of buddhi is the fire of yoga. By this fire of discrimination are to be discrimination also means discernment are to be churned, passion, anger, etc., and the butter extracted. Uh, next. Uh, there'll be two more on page 60. The lamp cannot burn without oil, so also the body cannot function without the breath. Without the helm, the boat cannot be steered to its destination. The steamer has both power and intelligence to lead it. But the country boat like a little boat, cannot go like the steamer. Similarly, the speed of the sannyasin is like that of the steamer. He who places the world within himself is like the steamer. But he who is in the world is like the boat, going slow. Like the headlight to the steamer is the brahmarandra, crown chakra, to the sannyasi. The mind of the sannyasi is merged in the heart sky, hridayakash. The lamp is the sannyasi. The cow cannot run like a horse. So is he whose mind is lodged within himself, the horse. He whose mind is spread in the world is the cow. All cannot become kings at the same time. Neither can all be traitors at the same time. Customers are also needed. And the final uh, verse for today. There is fear when you walk in the dark, but not so in the light. The dark is ignorance, avidya. Knowledge, or vidya, is light. The guru is the light. The light is the guru. All right. So, let me pull back to 56. 
and do some commentary. The first verse was, the gross idea is mental, the subtle idea is of Atman. So, and, and going on. Uh, the, yog- the Yanin is always in Yogi's sleep. He is in this sleep, whether he walks or sits, the Yanin is like a tortoise. The tortoise projects its hands and legs when necessary. At other times, they are withdrawn into the shell. And I think of um, equanimity, which is a quiet mind, similar to what Ross said, silence of mind at a steady state, uh, akin to an electric bus. <laughs> if you've ever been on an electric bus, when the electric bus is moving, you hear the whir of the electricity, the electric motor. When the bus stops, it shuts, and then there's still stillness again. This is very much the mind that inclines toward Nibbana, or the mind that uh, has become habituated to non-proliferation of samskara, meaning non, um, non-discursive thought production, non-production of endless circular discursive thought. The monkey mind has uh, settled, or the ox has been tamed. The ox herding pictures, the ox or the bull, as um, one way to look at that figure is uh, the wild mind or mind, uh, but particularly the aspects of mind and conduct that need discipline and restraint. And yet, when it's been disciplined by some, you know, by carrots and sticks, um, by kindness and um, strong discipline, and sometimes harsh even. We sometimes need to be harsh or hard on ourselves. Then it's a, a friendly, powerful animal, just like the meek praus that inherit the earth, the war horse, the tamed war horse, like a tamed bull, just the same. So the meek will inherit the earth, praus will inherit the earth, said Matthew 5.5. 5. Uh, praus as a well-disciplined, tamed war horse, still powerful, like an electric bus. Very powerful, or powerful enough, but um, at at rest it is still like the tortoise uh, in activity, in its phase of activity. Hands and legs are projected when necessary, and when not, they're withdrawn. The mind goes back to quiet or peace or interior focus or well-being with uh, non-activity. And so, commonly, uh, again, 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 in the verses, we see lots of distinction and uh, explication of needed polarities, or uh, some level, uh, or some uh, demonstration of discrimination. Uh, Not discrimination, racial discrimination. Discrimination of greater and lesser, um, more and less valuable on the path. This is critical. What's more important, what's less important? Clarification of values. That's a very important purpose of harsh catalyst testing, too, which we see in the world and in our personal lives as well, is getting clear what's really important and what's less important, which really is the better way for me or the better way of conduct, the better choice to act upon or decision, which direction of decision or direction of movement and activity, what's better and worse, what's right and wrong, what's higher and lower, what's um, more beneficial to me and you and less beneficial to me and you. And sometimes it's more beneficial and painful 
it can be less beneficial and less painful um, in the short run. <laughs> but it's less beneficial because in the long run, there's more pain. So there's short-term sukkah and long-term dukkah that is commonly <laughs> attractive because we want sukkah, happiness, pleasure, well-being, something, desire fulfillment in the short run, or now, which is pretty normal. But if we had discrimination or discernment, we could see that, well, although there's a short-term sukkah, there's a long-term dukkah. And in other cases, there's a short-term dukkah and a longer-term sukkah, meaning it's going to be painful now, but it will be better later. I have faith, or I uh, know. And... uh, that kind of discrimin- discrimination, <laughs> it's not a bad word, uh, is useful. It's uh, wisdom. It's discernment. And so uh, separate, you know, it's like the negatives follow the rule, divide and conquer. Uh, positive orientation follows the rule, divide and unite. Separate or distinguish or discern and then combine and unify and integrate. This is very different. It's not about control or domination. It's about clarify um, greater and lesser of value, both short and long term. I mean, being able to think clearly is important, (laughs) really. Uh, And a lot of spiritual people uh, like to dance rather than think. Well, it's fun to dance, but actually after you dance, you probably do need to think at a certain point because there is (laughs) work to do and decisions to make and values to clarify and um, uncertainty about many things, questions to answer. So there's the gross and the subtle. The gross is of the outer world, the material world, desires, and the monastic function in mind. The subtle is of buddhi, the inner, the more spiritual, that which is to longer-term welfare and benefit. And... um, you, it's very interesting. The gross idea is mental. The subtle idea is avatman. You can say that um, material material focus is of the monastic function, and spiritual focus or uh, seeking uh, peace and clarity and wisdom discernment is of atman. It's inner, but it's also of non-dual. Atman is primarily non-dual, meaning non-duality, a law of one. Uh, awareness um, that the many is one and that the physical and the metaphysical are inseparable, like that. But also that we really can change the mind and um, what appears in the mind and our problems are made by us and can be resolved by us. And sometimes the resolution is only a change in attitude. Uh, In other cases... Uh, we really can resolve or dissolve the roots of distorted patterns. Anyway, he commonly talks about the yanin as asleep as sleeping. <laughs> it's not spiritual sleeping. It's the monastic, discursive, overthinking, monkey mind, wild, materially focused mental activity that has been put to sleep. So next, um, bottom page 56, talking about the train. The male trainer, the local, (laughs) uh, at his time, right, in the 1920s, 30s in um, southern India, there was a male trainer, the local. The local is the slowpoke and makes every stop at every little station. (laughs) We have that here in Taiwan. The the local is a cute four-car blue uh, train, 
and the Express is sort of sleek and uh, fashionable, chic. Uh, but uh, in this case, a mail train is faster than a local. The power is the same, the speed is different, the timing of its activity is different, one fast, one slow. The sannyasi, spiritual seeker, like the mail train, sannyasi is he who keeps the world within himself. One who lodges his powers outside in the world is like the local train. So lodging, so the distinction between the sannyasi and the, the pashu, the animal man, the person who's um, devoted, I mean, you know, most people are not bad, but they really are focused in the body-mind world in 3D space-time with a low ceiling. They are not aware of soul. They're not, they, they may believe in God, but they don't really contemplate deeply. Some do, but most don't, <clears throat> seems to me. And so there's, um, you know, if you, want, uh, if you want to know a person, um, see the focus of their attention. Determine clearly, comprehend the focus, the primary focus of their attention, inner, outer. Um, evolutionary or material desiring acquisitive. And so the low person, the low soul, is uh, materially acquisitive. The higher soul or older soul uh, <clears throat> is seeking that which material acquisition actually generates internally. I want this, that, the other thing. Why? Because it makes me happy. It makes me, you know, it's, of course it's so temporary, but I feel some well-being because of getting and the world in the world of desire. Well, actually, you can fulfill that desire without the material getting. It's just a change of mind, like the chapter Joy in Mind and the Heart Chakra Unbuttoning that I experienced in meditation. Just some energy change of Heart Chakra. It was really the astral body correlate to the Heart Chakra in the front. I felt some energy twinkle, tickle, and an unbuttoning even, and the next moment, I felt absolute joy. <laughs> it was a very simple matter. Going from, was, you know, came, it was completely autonomous. <clears throat> I didn't make it personally or by conscious mind. It just was a product of um, a naughty unblocking, you know, a, a heart, a chakra activation that um, pushed through a blockage in the emotional center, in the, in the heart chakra. In the, in the emotional body of the heart chakra, or the heart chakra's emotional body, the emotional body correlate of heart chakra. And um, this, the spiritual seeker is the one that seeks within because ultimately transformation of mind is what's sought by material acquisition in the first place. I want fame and fortune and uh, want praise and honor, right? The worldly wins. <clears throat> position and privilege and uh, accolades and honors and uh, badges and pins and medals on my big uniform and this, that, the other thing. Why? Because I feel good about myself. All that good feeling is possible without any of that outer activity. So uh, the, the, the seeker, the sannyasi, like the mail train, keeps the world within himself, seeing that um, all that is apparently external is a projection, um, is, is, involves mental projection, meaning my experience of you is my, is my fashioning. 
you are real, <laughs> objectively, or so it seems. The outer world is apparently objectively external, uh, apparently dual. Yes, there's appearance of phenomena. And yet, it's um, it, the, my experience of it is an inner, inner matter. I can go to the same place twice. The first time I see so much beauty and I feel wonderful. The second time I'm thinking about some trouble and I'm, I don't see anything and I'm just miserable and I'd rather you know, put my head under the pillow. So uh, the, uh, the outer world is experienced in accord with inner uh, conditions. So uh, meanwhile, the outer, the, the material man, the um, micro, what is it, macro society and micro society, the micro man versus the macro man from the book 2150, Micro man lodges his powers outside in the world like the local train. And and the local train has many stops, meaning they stay in third density for many lifetimes. And the sannyasi or the seeker or the muni, the sage, the one who seeks inner transformation uh, and release eventually, um, like the uh, mail train goes fast and doesn't need to stay in third density very long. And so then uh, there's a teaching bridging 5657. Uh, whatever you do, the attention should be in the head. And this is also a useful guidance in meditation. A number of teachers have said, don't focus below the head. Uh, if you focus where, you know, energy follows thought. So when the thought or the attention is a certain chakra lower or any, uh, one can get into big trouble and strong over overstimulate that lower chakra like people f- concentrating at the hara or the dantian, the second chakra zone in the front. Or even the heart. People can become super emotional and um, excessively feelingful. You know, on uh, un- ceasing feelingfulness without, without respite or peace. That, that's, it's good to be sensitive and feelingful, but not on automatic. Um, so... Anyway, his point is attention should be in the head um, is very useful. And, and that doesn't mean excluding feeling. It means seeking not to, not to get attached or stay attached when we realize we are. And that also requires looking in and knowing your mind, of course. Like, what's going on for me? It's not just a shutdown. It's um, an opening to look in. You know, if you can't see, if you can't see through it, you've got to see it through. So you either see it as empty and can move back to the breath like in meditation or realize that uh, it's really nothing there. <laughs> it's like a dream, my arisen anger or grief. Or we look into it and think and contemplate and the psychological self-understanding or aham vichara, aham vichara in a psychological way. So, But attention in the head is certainly good guidance for meditation, I think. Uh, then his point, seeing, hearing, talking are not action in themselves. Breathing through the nose is action. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, he's certainly talking, certainly could be talking about meditation. Uh, good action is the downward course. That's normally not how he puts it. Um, the upward course is uh, Shiva Shakti union at best, right? The Shakti up to the crown, Shiva. Kundalini moving up. But... Um, I'm not sure what he's referring to. He may be talking to a certain devotee in the room that does a certain kind of pranayama practice. Uh, 
but he's really saying perhaps the perhaps the word action really will, could also be translated as work, uh, karm. And so the real work is done by breath in meditation. I mean, when the mind is silent, and that takes a while, and that involves a lot of distortion leavings arising to consciousness, right? The catharsis of the emotional, mental, mental emotional portion or, as, or, or quality aspect of the lower triad blockages being cleared by energy moving up by open heart, by mindfulness sati, which is uh, unconditional accepting or allowing, not interfering, not interrupting. Meanwhile, staying steady, focused on breath, does a lot, and um, there is catharsis. But the real work um, is done by prana through the nose. Breathing through the nose is action, (laughs) not through the mouth. And that's, um, again, the relation also between three and five, one, three, five, seven, and uh, breathing through the mouth. <laughs> if you need to, you got to. But um, it's really, um, I don't. I would never recommend mouth breathing, mouth breathers, as the way of uh, long, long-term meditation. Anyway, the next um, f- verse is uh, where I want to focus a little more in some etymology, which is always fun to me. Uh, Nityananda said, Muna, silence, is of the mind, not of the tongue. Meaning the real silence is a quiet mind, not shut your mouth. You can shut your mouth and not talk, um, and the mind is busy, crazy, neurotic. That does not real silence. Silence of, of mind at a steady state, said Ra, holding the mind steady in the light, which is what Bailey said which is uh, one-pointedness or concentration, which is a fruit of meditation, which can become second nature eventually, a quiet mind. Muna, silence is of the mind, not of the tongue. Whatever is done uniting buddhi and jnana is no action. And so buddhi as what? Non-dual awareness? As discrimination, discernment? Not quite. Um, He'll explain later in another verse... Uh, that in in the way he's explaining, or the way he's using these words, which is always the challenge, that um, the vessel for discrimination, uh, so uh, heating heating the milk, <laughs> uh, the milk of uh, ordinary mind, heating the milk of ordinary mind, ordinary consciousness. Heating on fire is discrimination and thought. Now, does that mean thinking what's better, what's worse? Maybe. Uh, discerning what's more important and less? Um, certainly, it's, it's analogous to meditation, where there is a kind of uh, heating. It's alchemic, alchemy, of course. It's back, it's just a... <laughs> this is the Vedantic view of what, this, what the medieval alchemists were talking about. Jung explains that very well. Alchemy as um, a symbolic system in chemical and in scientific terms, um, describing in in coded language in symbolic terms uh, inner transformation, transformation of consciousness and energy. That's what we got going on here. That's the seven chakra so called self system is consciousness energy. Um, the consciousness of seven energy centers 
becoming purified and perfected, leading to consciousness moving out of duality to non-duality, and uh, ultimately knowing the source of the river, <laughs> which is the mountaintop, not the sea. And so the vessel for discrimination is buddhi. So discrimination, um, which could be um, sort of letting go of what needs to be let go, particularly in meditation, uh, or seeing emptiness, or seeing the difference, seeing the mayic or illusory nature of phenomena and time, time-space phenomena as illusory, and seeing the one through the many, that kind of discrimination. Uh, the vessel for that is called buddhi, he says. And so the fire of discrimination is a fire of yoga. So yoga being praxis or practice is indeed an alchemical heating process of body-mind-spirit, particularly body-mind, particularly the first five chakras. <clears throat> That's really what gets heated. <laughs> There's no need to heat on the sixth ray. Uh, so the, the, the purification of mind-body um, through the fire, the alchemical fire of praxis, practice, yoga, any form of practice and meditation technique that's the right form. Uh, that fire is um, a kind of discrimination in thought, it seems, he's saying. It's not really thinking, thinking. It's discerning knowing. And its vessel is buddhi which is what? Non-dual knowing or transpersonal awareness? Non-dual awareness? Is that with thought, without thought? Well, <laughs> thought comes, um, but uh, thought doesn't really lead the process of uh, alchemical transformation. So then, back to this uh, verse in the middle of 60, or 50, no, 57, <laughs> Muna, silences of mind, not of the tongue. Whatever is done in uniting Buddha, a buddhi, as that non-dual awareness, discernment, seeing, knowing, higher function of mind, and yana, um, knowing, is no action. Meaning, no, it's not an outer working. It's a subtle inner transformation. Muna is the native place of the mind, not of the tongue. So the native condition of mind is silence, like the tortoise when the arms and legs have been retracted into the shell. Sadhana is done by silence, by muna. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's very true. The, the, the root of practice is silence. And when people get into practices that are very complicated, like in um, esoteric Buddhist forms or uh, tantric yogic forms and very complicated forms, even dancing forms, they may be very useful. Somebody can do whatever you want. But the root of transformation is prolonged silence. Silence of mind at a steady state, as Bailey said, or as Ross said. And so silence of mind at a steady state, meaning persistent, long-term, quiet mind with attentiveness, not sleepy. And sleepy is fine. Go to sleep. But after you wake up, if you can stay attentive and clear and one-pointed and focused in samadhi, that extended samadhi is um, alchemically purificatory, purifying of um, uh, the seven chakras, particularly one through five, particularly two through, two through five. And so chakras of mind-body, particularly two, three, and then four, five, 
are greatly transformed by prolonged samadhi. And that is alchemical, and that is akin to churning milk for butter. He's a yogi who can unite in one both buddhi and yana. So buddhi as that non-dual awareness and yana as knowledge. Yana as knowing, like gnosis, gnosis, same. So realization of non-duality with the higher function of mind or the greater functions of mind coming to realization. Seems to me to be similar to unification of buddhi and yana. One who can place mind in buddhi and then buddhi above mind or manas. So mind is not chitta here, it's actually, I think, manas. Or um, one who can... Um, I mean, to me, placing the mind in buddhi, which may be actually uh, subordinating manas to buddhi, is akin to the, the is performed by by long term samadhi, long term quiet mind, concentrated attentive mind, non grasping attentiveness, long term quiet attentive mind, not proliferation of samskara, not wildly generating thinking, feeling. Um, it just doesn't happen, not because you're forcing anything or suppressing, it just doesn't come up while the mind is attentive and present and not sleepy. Uh, that's akin to, I think, <laughs> placing so-called mind or manas in buddhi, then buddhi above mind, and that's the yoga, that's the great work. And so that's the discipline of muna, or muni. Now, when we go to my favorite wisdom library, Org, wisdomlib.org definition of muni. We have many definitions from the Buddha Sasana Concise Pali English Dictionary, meaning how it was used in Buddhism, particularly 2,500 years ago. Muni um, comes is associated with the word to, to having known, to underst- having understood, knowing, understanding. Uh, it, it was it 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 is known knew or understood. He did know. He did understand. And that, literally a monk. When we look at the Pali Text Society old PDS Pali English Dictionary, all sorts of interesting um, um, unpackings or um, fine detail on the etymology of the word muni. Uh, coupled to the Vedic Muni, originally was one who made a vow of silence. So Muna or Mun is originally basically silence, (laughs) or the one who made the vow of silence. And that one is the one who can know and understand, or who has come to know and understand. So Muni, originally one who has made a vow of silence, connected with Mukta, like Mukti. Right, like liberation. So... Um, prolonged samadhi, which is by definition concentrated and attentive and clear and present and non busy minded, uh, similar to uh, praus, similar to the well tamed ox, actually, that can rest and play and uh, uh, have fun with the, the little uh, boy who's got his flute who controlled him or, or taught him to be a. Uh, Peaceful and powerful being, not just powerful and undisciplined, but peaceful, disciplined, and powerful. Uh, so, Muni connects with Mukha, 
Mukha connects with Mukti or Moksha, meaning liberation. So it's right on the way. And then blah, 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 different fellows preferred different etymologies. Um, some white people said inspired or moved by the spirit. I don't think so. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> let's look at Pali explanations from uh, Dhammapala. Dhammapala, I think, was a commentator or um, Abhidhamma. Bhikkhu. Simunana, a holy man, a sage, wise man. The whole term Shakyamuni as an epithet for Gautama means the Muni of the Shakya clan, the sage or holy man of the Shakya group, the Shakya Muni. The term which was specialized in Brahmanism has acquired general meaning in Buddhism and is applied then or applied by the Buddha to any man attaining perfection in self-restraint and insight. Just that is a very deep teaching. So yes, it was it the term preceded Gautama. It was spe, it was specialized in Brahmanism in association with silence and sageliness, but Gautama kind of repurposed it um, to the one you know one of the uh, noble uh, sangha, one of the four classes of a noble Arya sangha, Aryan sangha, which really means the four levels of attainment. <clears throat> Stream entry, once returner, non returner, and arahant. And that is itself, that awakening is awakening, is a relative degrees of perfection in self restraint and insight. Self restraint is very much associated with sila. This is totally associated with the original usage of the golden rule, the original form of the golden rule being prohibitive. Don't do unto others as you don't want them to do to you. Don't do to others what you don't like. Um, prohibitive. Humans at this time in history don't like prohibitive because there's so much evil uh, prohibiting human freedom over the ages, and so now they're self-prohibiting <laughs> in their reaction to uh, uh, ancient patriarchalism. They're becoming modern <laughs> patriarchal, uh, tyrant, tyrannical restrainers. Lovely. So 3D repeaters just keep repeating. They do what they do best. But right self-restraint leads is necessary for insight, just like shila uh, is necessary for samadhi, that's necessary for prajna or panya or insight or vipassana or awakening, realization, mukti, moksha, which is the way of muni or mun, which is silence, which is stillness, which doesn't exclude activity, um, but but uh, it's like that tortoise, right? <laughs> Uh, the resting state uh, is uh, arms, legs retracted under the shell. He carries his home on his back like a true wanderer. And when necessary, uh, extends arms and legs for movement and interaction. And like the electric bus at rest goes to silence. And even in activity, there's rest, of course. <laughs> so even his rest is pretty, his activity is pretty rested. So then it goes on. So the word is capable of many-sided application and occurs frequently in the oldest poetic anthologies. And yes, there's the Muni Sutta, which was, I believe, from Sutta Nepata, which I read. <coughs> and some other uh, discussions. Uh, Muni, Muni Bhava. Bhava meaning becoming or being. Um, the, the becoming of the Muni. Um, becoming a Muni. Munihood, <laughs> uh, different than motherhood. 
meditation, self-denial abrogation. Self-denial is actually rightly called self-restraint. But some people practice self-restraint wrongly and get into self-denial and self-punishment, even like Carla saying that she wanted to buy, you know, stop herself from buying clothes for a year. Because what? She's such a greedy person? I don't think so. So sometimes... Uh, right self-restraint is wrongly practiced in, in um, confused self-denial. And sometimes the fastest way to get rid of certain desires is to fulfill them. <laughs> then they're done. And some of them fall away and then becomes no big deal. Uh, then we see some interesting connection. Uh, munayo equals moneya patipadaya patipadaya that's inter- very interesting. So Muni relates to this uh, Muneya, which is very much about silence, and then Patipadaya path, um, Magapalam, fr- path and fruit, Aseka Munayo, all sorts of Pali terms and, and um, conjunctions, co- uh, combinations associated with the root Mun, and a very one of the most one of the greatest uh, Thai uh, Ajahn teachers is Ajahn Mun. This probably means the same mun is from silence, this silent sage. Uh, then there are also <laughs> point that the Abhidhamma and Buddhism literature produce several schedules of muni qualities based on threefold division of character revealed in action, speech, and thought, thought, word, and deed. So kaya, vachi, and mano. So there's kaya, monea, vachi, monea, and mano, monea. Uh, body, speech, and mind or thought, silence or stillness or sageliness or saintliness. And so the Muni is perfected or sagely, um, saintly, and uh, ultimately of stillness and peace in body and speech and mind. And you really can't uh, force that. It really requires simply a lot of... um, uh, long-term heating of the milk to extract the butter. It really just takes time. Uh, so, <clears throat> he said, the discipline of Muna is really Sushumna Nadi, which is very straightforward yoga theory. So, Sushumna Nadi is a central channel up the, up the back, which is etheric, not physical, and of the chakras up the back, you know, one through six, or one through five, actually. And that's the end of the back, and then it goes to the third eye, and that's the junction of Ida Pingala, the junction of the you know the, the hermetic staff of uh, of Western medicine. Um, I forgot what that's called, but Caduceus, the Caduceus, Hermes, Caduceus, of course, <laughs> is a symbol of the etheric spine. So Shumna, the two snow, so-called snakes, being Ida Pingala, the two chief nadis of fire, water, moon, and sun, I would say. Um, somebody talk about them, star and moon and sun. There are different ways to put them. But there really are <laughs> these two ways. And so, of the nadis, three are chief, he said, Ida, Pingala, the two ch- main nadis up the spine, and Sushumna, the central channel. Sushumna is the seat of Kundalini, and basically, when Ida and Pingala are in harmony, they're quiet or they're not um, proliferative, they're not in uh, mental, and they're not in energetic restlessness, they're not in, the mind is not in 
a prolif- scumscaric proliferation, right? Thought, word, deed, or th- thought and emotion, mental emotional proliferation occurs not in samadhi. That, e- that itself is a stilling of Ida Pingala. That itself allows Kundalini or, or Kundalini Shakti, Prana, intelligent energy, to more fully rise from root to crown up Sushumna. Very straightforward yoga theory. And uh, what allows that Kundalini, at best, in my view, rather than a forcing practice or um, you know, like Gopi Krishna focusing on crown chakra, um, is silence of mind at a steady state, just like Ross said, which is samadhi, which comes out of one-pointedness, or is, and is the result of practicing mindfulness of the breath or another object um, for a prolonged period of time or years. And the mind naturally enjoys quiet, and Ida Pingala are in harmony and peaceful, and Kundalini Shakti more fully, uh, more thoroughly uh, goes from root to crown. Then, what's the timing here? He said, of all the truths, the basic truth is the truth or tattva of Brahman, Brahmatattva. And that's, and said Brahmatattva means Jivan Mukti. So, the truth of Brahma, or tattva of Brahma, with a capital T, is Jivan Mukti, or soul liberation. Jiva as soul, Atman as the source of soul. Jiva, Jivan, Jivatman is the union of the personal soul and a higher self, which is above soul in many systems. You know, there's, there's manas and buddhi as functions of the conscious mind, or available to conscious mind, or mind-body-spirit complex. What doesn't reincarnate at first level is called soul. Uh, Bailey system agrees with this, and that is, to me, similar to jiva. But above jiva is atman. And when one returns fully to sixth density, one has achieved jivatman. But jivatman, or the the conscious mind, or the entity, um, becoming one with atman, or returning to unity, then has the further work of uh, uniting with Paramatman, meaning eighth density, or the greater Atman, Para Atman, in which lands one or leads the, that one to eight D and uh, guardian, the guard, the community of the guardians, which is a nice place to be, and um, that's the union of Jivatman and Paramatman, but Brahma Tattva, the, the truth of Brahma is the truth of the liberation of jiva, which is uh, uh, jivatman and paramatma at one. That's jiva mukti. And so, it's just an important point that he says, of all truths, the basic truth. And that's the point. There are lots of truths. So I love truth, right? What truth? All truth. Well, cool. But some truth is important and some is not. I can say that the sky is blue and the tree is green. That seems to be true, according to our visual apparatus, but that's not a critical truth. What a critical, the most critical truth, as he's saying, is uh, Brahma, Tattva of Brahma. And that's the truth that liberation is possible. There are beings who are fully liberated. And that's where we're all going. And that's tracing the river to its source. So the river seen at its source, the source is the mountaintop. (laughs) Not after it merges into the sea, which is down. That's the downward course. And that's all very much associated with good and evil, or good and bad, or I like, I don't like. That might be when he means the good action is downward. But upward, to the source of the river, 
is the mountaintop where the rain falls is the source of the river <laughs> where it forms not as it discharges in the in the sea and so likewise all have only one god to regard all things in equal vision equal sightedness is mukti right non-duality then the theme of um uh, first and second, early and later, stages of path, inner and outer, uh, hidden and revealed. So rehearsing the drama first public, uh, privately, uh, yoga sadhana first done indiv- uh, privately, uh, or uh, <clears throat> early development doesn't manifest. <laughs> Manifestation is of a later stage of development, that's the point. And so, by the time there's an, uh, a serious chronic illness in the body, <clears throat> the uh, condition of body has deteriorated muchly. Meanwhile, it was there long before its manifestation or appearance in uh, symptom- symptomology or symptoms. Likewise, he said, one doesn't get the experience, one doesn't get awakening soon. It takes time. <laughs> And first, you know, you, you can't become a great healer of others or helper of others until you've deeply healed and helped yourself. And that means um, bringing unconditional love to the pain and, and tangle of our distorted mental-emotional process, to confused wrong belief and misunderstanding and also painful old emotional stuff like anger and its roots in grief and fear and uh, self-blame and... All those tendencies of um, um, fire and water <laughs> and ice and earth, all the distorted, uh, all the distortions of mind associated with lower triad blockage, done first before one then becomes um, able to deeply help others or deeply help others help themselves. Helping others equals helping them help themselves. That's all I can do is help you help yourself because. Uh, the inner heals the inner, the self wakes up the self, and anything from the other self or environment, so-called, doesn't doesn't have reach, actually. I mean, there are gurus that can do this and that, but long-lasting transformation is um, wholly a self-generated matter. So anyway... Uh, it comes by and by as practice progresses. So don't be impatient and understand it takes time. And don't put two ahead of one. <laughs> there is one, two, three. And if you haven't finished one, you can't get to two and three. Or you can try or taste two and three, but you're really not finished with one, if that's the case. And then that should be admitted. So one can have some breakthrough and absolutely still have lower triad blockage. Absolutely. But one still has to return to working on the lower triad blockage because it doesn't go away uh, by uh, jump having taste of, of higher attainment. Going on, I guess I won't finish all of these, but I'll read a few more. And so he's used before the analogy of uh, uh, eating, that smelling or seeing or thinking about food isn't satisfying, you have to eat it. This is the point of uh, book knowledge versus self-knowledge. Uh, having personal experience of uh, certain levels of attainment, certain attainments, is critical. And um, people are confused when they haven't had the experience. So an experience of astral plane, 
an experience of contact with higher self, experience of direct ET contact, experience of higher dimensionality, experience of non-duality, experience of endless joy or bliss, um, experience of magical cities. All these things are possible and necessary and valuable. <clears throat> and the one who has that is quite different than the one who hasn't. In Buddhism, it's really said, uh, I think the, uh, the Sri Lankan from puredhamma.net mentioned it, there is something special or there's a certain, uh, in the early days, I think, it was understood that the only teacher of Buddhism is somebody who's had Sotapanna or beyond. Anybody else doesn't really know. And so if you've not had Sotapanna, you really shouldn't be teaching Buddhism. Have I had Sotapanna? I don't know. I've got to ask, ask my hairdresser. Only the hairdresser knows. So ask the one above my head and uh, he'll tell you. But I don't know. <laughs> but it is true that the one who's had real um, experience of um, various metaphysical realities, whether it's magic power <clears throat> or astral out-of-body out life or multidimensionality, higher dimensional, or ET contact, or contact with Orion and evil, or non-duality, joy, bliss, uh, selflessness, tastes of uh, deathless. Um, their words carry a different power than those that happen. <laughs> Period. <laughs> those that have, those that know speak from that, and most people speak from book knowledge or thought. That's very different. Very different. So, the king's command is self-experience. Uh, this, this also, this term, uh, Swaraja, self-king. Raja is king or rulership. Self-rulership is akin, is generated by self-experience, which is direct experience of um, spiritual attainments and spiritual realities, the non-physical. It's very, very important. Then some discussion of man and woman and um, without subtle thought or without buddhi, man becomes a woman. <laughs> uh, men are weak without spiritual perspective. There's some truth to that. Mm. Um, an ordinary worldly fellow without soul contact, right? I mean, uh, development of buddhi is not just awareness. It involves also some sense of uh, contact with higher self, contact with soul, uh, definitely penetration to green and blue. And um, knowing that the many is not quite as um, solidly, uh, definitely many, as ordinarily thought. Um, and mind is greater than mind-body. Mind is greater than its association with body. This is very much of buddhi. And the male, who doesn't know that, is missing something. Uh, then there's this other thought, which could be called sexist, <laughs> that uh, if buddhi and jnana are one, which is full enlightenment, <laughs> of course, meaning that greater function or awareness of mind and realization, jnana is like gnosis. Um, it's, it's basically vidya. It's brahma vidya, it seems to me. Then a woman becomes a man. Well, <laughs> how about a woman and a man becomes uh, transgender, <laughs> becomes free of gender, becomes way outside uh, the whole duality realm of uh, male, female, and yin-yang itself, of course. But um, he, and then he, he, 
he's fine with that, of course. He says, whether it's opened by a man or a woman, doesn't matter. Water flows from the pump. What pump? The pump of uh, Muladhara. The Muladhara in the base of the spine, and <laughs> we can say the Muladhara, Muladhara at the root chakra at the fifth chakra. Mm. The uh, greater circuit of five, six, seven, uh, as the advanced working of one through seven. In any case, to bhakti there's no distinction, devotion. In buddhi there's no distinction uh, from an awareness of the inseparability of the physical metaphysical. There's no distinction. It's beyond gender. It's just irrelevant. It's agender, not trans. It's not beyond. It's just not of it. It just has nothing to do with it. Body, genitals. (laughs) Not important. Male and female are just two states. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> exactly. To the yanin, this is there is not this distinction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Both in man and woman, there's only one Shiva Shakti. There's only one seven chakra system and working and path and goal. Then, bottom 58. For one without desire, there's no fear. There are some that <laughs> may have low desire, but they still have fear. But actually, they do have desire. And the thing about fear is that it, it's a registration of threat. It's the, it comes from perception of threat and a sense of vulnerability. There's basically two, two components to fear, it seems to me. One is um, perception or, or conception of threat. It may be realistic. It may not be. It may be physical. It may be any kind of threat. So there's a recognition or a belief that there's a threat. There is some... Um, agent, generally outside the physical body, uh, but it can be in the mind, that um, can bring harm or is um, potentially harmful. And then there's a perception of uh, vulnerability or uh, liability to being harmed by that threat. Both of those are related to desire, (laughs) for sure. But I mean, without desire, I mean, without, here you can say desire is raga, but really, we're talking in Buddhism, craving uh, and tanha, thirst, hunger, thought, thirst, craving, tanha. And that, that's ultimately where you get the very uh, illusion of selfhood or, or subjectivity and separativeness in the first place. The, the transit from ninth fetter to eight, from restlessness to uh, manas or mana or conceit, which is really tanha mana, tanha manas, which is craving conceit or craving craving based subjective uh, identity subjective uh, perception conception based identity craving based ego e- ego e- egoic hood or ego the sense of ego <laughs> craving based false ego craving based false separative identity like that it is based in desire and so where, where there's a self, where there's a sense of a solid self, indeed there is uh, going to regularly be per- perception of threat or imagination of threat and a view of vulnerability. You know, if you ain't got nothing to lose, ain't got nothing, got nothing to lose, said Janice. So if you got something called a me, <laughs> you got something to lose. So there'll always be some fear coming up and going. Only, only, uh, only an arhat is really beyond, all the, beyond fear. He who's great, and then there's a question of greatness. Um, what is greatness? Obviously, it's not material possessions. But today, you know, 
the last have become first. The, the lowest souls, in my view, morally, have become the top of uh, the human social order, the social uh, hierarchy. So everything's upside down. And uh, prepare yourself for endless lies and, and deception. This is the time of um, incessantly outpouring lies and deception and deceit. Just self-deceit has been going on for a long time. Now we have institutionalized deceit and um, history run by psyops. So it's one after another, after another, after another, and everything's possible here, even Bluebeam and the false alien disclosure of false alien salvation, false alien um, uh, invasion. Invasion goes to salvation. In either case, you better sign up, they'll say, or else uh, our benevolence will <laughs> will smash you and put you in jail forever. We're so benevolent. We will... We demand your your compliance. That's how benevolent we are. So um, be prepared, brace for impact, um, and don't be surprised if if uh, some some situation falls off the falls off a cliff in twenty twenty one. So sorry, it's a it's a bad time, and it'll, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But anyway, he said one becomes great because of his thinking. Um, and one who's big materially is not great. <laughs> They're not maha. maha. Uh, and what's great is um, great-mindedness, which includes big-heartedness, which leads to brahma-vidya, brahma-knowledge, um, which is basically non-duality and, you know, seeing all is God. And I, uh, you know, we can talk it, and I haven't attained what he's attained, obviously, so... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know by personal experience what he's saying. Of course, some of it I do, but but at the top I don't. But I can see it's pretty <laughs> clear and true. Karma doesn't leave you until you realize the secret, the secret of Brahmavidya, perhaps, the secret that greatness is a quality of uh, mind and being, and attainment. Greatness is a great attainment. And that's that's a hero. That's a real vira, and um, that's the one most respected. Finally, in the middle of um, where we are, fifty-nine, beggar, burn up the delusion of mind and the fire of yoga, yoga agni, and then, with without realization of Brahman or Brahma vidya, Brahma knowledge, it's not possible to know the pristine state. True bliss is not. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so there's no true bliss until you get out of the octave or in sixth density, um, they're in a limited bliss, but it is not too bad. And so the true bliss is mukti. And that's Jivatman becoming one with Paramatman and then karma's finished, obviously. And, and so before that time, there'll always be a sense of honor and respect or a susceptibility to worldly winds like honor, dishonor, praise and blame. Preserve bliss, bundle up desire in its abode, bundle up your craving. Desire is sapless. There's no, what, richness, there's no nourishment from it. Give it up within yourself. And um, again, there are different approaches to desire. And so sometimes it's good to, sometimes we can see it's empty and move right away, and it falls away immediately. And sometimes we need to spend time looking in, thinking, and other times it's good to just act on it and jump in. And even if there may be some short-term 
even if it's going to be short-term soka and long-term dukkha, we still, some people still, or sometimes we still might want to jump, act on that desire and accept that I'll take my lumps later. And uh, hopefully I'll be finished with that whole cycle after I've taken my lumps. And that's very common and that happens and it works. Anyway, <laughs> that's it for this reading today. And so we're in the middle of uh, page 59. Next time we'll finish 5960 and move further. Um, probably we'll just, uh, I'll do this next week and there'll be no vacation, no rest for the wicked. <clears throat> so anyway, I hope that was useful. His teaching is so wonderful and um, um, it's um, like uh, food in the desert. <laughs> it's like an oasis in the desert. Uh, and I hope that was helpful for you. And so please um, have a happy Christmas if you celebrate, if you appreciate Yeshua. And take good care of yourselves, and we'll be back next week. See you next time, and good night. <laughs>